Yes, hello and welcome to another Tech Plus, another week and more tech. It's time to talk about it. My name is still Eon and this is still Kane. Hello, Kane. <laughs> Nothing changed since last week, I see. I, I don't know if you saw, uh, there were like two uh, guys, I think, uh, recording a podcast in a coffee shop this week, I think in America. And they were just sitting there recording it, mics in front of them and even a camera. Next moment, there's a car driving through the window. Oh, really? Yeah, and it missed them by millimeters. Oh, my goodness. What a podcast, eh? I'm glad That can't the, happen to us. I'm we're, glad we're on the third we're story. We're on the third floor. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe one of those flying cars or, or flying bicycles. I see China, I think, uh, released a new flying bicycle this week. A flying bicycle? Yeah, so that can also come through your window nowadays. You I just was, never know. I was going to say the worst i guess is a dji drone through the window but now <laughs> no, that you mentioned flying bicycles it can be a bicycle purpose. it can be a flying car it's been another interesting week for tech and uh, it's so interesting to see how solar is taking off in our country right now with really the load shedding situation have you observed driving around you know going for a sunday drive I always look at the roofs, and I'm used to the roofs by now. So if there's a new solar panel up there, I will know. Yes. And I'm noticing more and more and more of them. Have you noticed? Yes, and it's actually something we're going to be talking about today. We're actually going to take a look at what are some of the top home solar companies in South Africa at the moment. So more and more people getting solar. It's it's definitely happening right now. And I think it's It's inevitable. It's inevitable because, you you know, I was thinking about like, honestly, if you really think about it, you know, if you're someone like me, who's who's awake after 12, um, sometimes to 2, 3 a.m. And you actually feel out a day of load shedding. You can have 12 to 2, 6 to 8, 10 to 12, and then also in the evening as well. And then what's even worse for me is if you're on stage five load shedding, you could have load shedding 8 to 10 p.m. And then start again at 12 a.m. Yeah. to 2 a.m. Yeah, I, I'm noticing that quite often. I think that's happening again tonight. Yeah, it happens well, almost now every time, time we, you know, we're talking. Yeah. There's no correlation between the previous day and the current day. So when if you're someone you're who's right. up after that new day threshold, you get it. It's almost like it, it, it doesn't make... It doesn't matter. No. It just resets. And when stuff like it's that's cool. happening and you're a person who's getting exposed to it, you, you kind of have to find a solution, especially if you want to be productive in that time. You know, it's one thing watching a movie, but if you've had load shedding during the day and you're relying on catching up on that time, because that's what the normal person working an eight-hour job has to do. If you're not getting the time in and you're working for an international company, you have to find that time somewhere. And it becomes increasingly more difficult to find that time when even your evenings are so bombarded with load shedding schedules. You almost start mm. wondering, maybe I should just sleep during every load shedding yeah, schedule. Yeah, I was thinking the same, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> it is. But I saw a, a lady, uh, uh, she's a guest house owner, and she made a video this week on social media. And she's here in the Western Cape, and she was talking about how they're losing customers at the moment because uh, people want to stay in their B&B, but they call, and then the first question they ask is, uh, are you off grid? Can yeah. you? Because we need to do work and we ha- need to have Wi-Fi, and whatever. And she said at that stage, she said no. Unfortunately, they they're not off grid. So load shedding will affect the B and B. Those people cancelled their reservation. It's happened a few times already. Losing thousands because of this. Now she is biting the bullet, and she got solar for her B and B. This you have no you have no option You're in a corner. So she's like, oh no, there goes all my December profits. So I said to her, uh, you know what? You say that now, but talk to me in a few months' time when you're not losing bookings and you're actually online and 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 everything's working. You're gonna thank the stars. I think for a residential person, you know, getting an inverter, if you work remotely, makes sense. If you're leisure at home, it doesn't really make as much sense because you're not making money back from it. But as an Airbnb, offering that facility in a time where not a lot of Airbnbs or rental opportunities offer that facility, you're going to get more business. It's It's so part of our lives now that the first question people actually ask you is... Do you have power when there's no power? Yeah. That's the first thing they ask you nowadays. Not not what what's the weather like or how much is it per room? Do you have electricity? That's yeah. the question they ask you. Because especially for tourism, like people are coming from countries where their power is on all the time. Yeah. So you're having eight hours of no As power it should in a be. day. Yeah. So well, with this in mind, you know, and the demand for get uh, the acquisition of solar technologies and even just off grid battery technologies that charge through the ESCOM grid. 
you don't just have all these people getting solars, uh, solar facilities and they're just so happy because people are also losing a lot of money mm. because at the same time as there are legitimate companies offering legitimate solar installations, there are other companies that are using it as an avenue to make huge markup on their, on their tech build that they're, they're selling to you. And in exchange, you get, you know, a lower end system for a higher end price and you end up running into a consortium of, of issues. So one of the things that, that, that uh, was spoken about on my broadband is the fact that uh, they went out and ranked top home solar companies in South Africa. Um, and, and these companies are as follows. So the first one we have is Alumo Energy, right? So... Um, this was something that was actually recommended by one of my broadband's own qualified electronic engineers. And uh, they have extremely good ratings on online and they're a very good option. Then you have HOHM Energy or Home, you know, with a weird spelling, Home Energy as number two, AW Power as number three, and Gosler, G-O-S-L-R, as number four, available in Cape Town, Gauteng, Durban, Garden Route, uh, Kuberge, Bloemfontein, and Nelspreet. So that's someone that people here in the Garden Route can actually work with. That's, that's Gosler, G-O-S-L-R. And it's, I think it's very important to, to go with these kind of companies. Another one is Met Solar, M-E-T-S-O-L-A-R, Met Solar. And then there's One Energy Group, which is another one as well, and uh, Rubicon. So if you're not really doing deals with some of these companies, you should you should really check what you're getting. And that's the big problem is this information gap. Uh, one of the one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is um, is uh, Porsche, who's released a new car, and this car runs on what's called e-fuel, and uh, e-fuel is is basically a replacement to your traditional fuel, and it's supposed to be the solution that allows any vehicle with a combustion engine that's using petrol to also have the ability to switch to a fuel which is more beneficial for them. And then there's also another topic that we're going to talk about, which is an L1 caravan, which is a caravan that has solar panels on it that charges a huge battery that you can use to either facilitate a grid in your house, you can use it to travel around, driving it around charges it. And one of the things that they spoke about was that the the power management systems that go into these kind of technologies are so sophisticated that your traditional user or end consumer cannot be held responsible or have the responsibility to micromanage these power systems because they're very complicated. So people are building systems and technologies which make it much easier to automate the management of the power systems. But until those technologies exist, when you go out to buy a big setup for your house, you're none the wisest if it's a good setup, if it's an average setup, or it's a very poor setup. You have no idea if it's going to last two years or it's going to last 10 years. And uh, you could be paying 100,000 Rand for that. And mm. you don't know what you're spending it on. So one of the biggest important, most important things, I think, for the continuous expansion of the solar industry is to clean up all the bad actors yeah. and the knowledge gap. Yeah, somebody said to me, every second guy nowadays with a plumbing business and uh, a bucky, uh, suddenly they're doing solar. And uh, then the big guys come and they see, because the people say, hey, these connections aren't working. These panels aren't doing what they should do. And then they check it and then it wasn't properly installed. Not here in, in our area, but uh, I know somewhere else in South Africa, I'm not sure where exactly, uh, somebody's panels actually called fire on the roof because it wasn't installed correctly. Oh, wow. See, a lot of fly-by-nights taking your money and bringing those panels, but they're not uh, harnessing that energy 100% the way they should, you know? Or, yes. Or just malfunctioning or whatever. Absolutely. Because they don't know what they're doing, but uh, we're in the solar business because we've got a bucky. And uh, we do plumbing, you know, so I'm sure we can <laughs> <laughs> set something up for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, uh, listen, let's be honest, the solar businesses are coining it right now. Yeah. They're coining it. It's uh, huge. The prices people are paying now, they're making big bucks. I mean, lithium-ion batteries are even scarce in South Africa at the moment. Yes. And I think before, you know, the load-shedding crisis became so severe in South Africa, the only time you would really go off the grid is when you built a house or living in an area that is actually too far away from the grid to get power. Yeah. Like a farm Mm-mm. or um, somewhere remote, like you're camping somewhere, right? And then you need some sort of 
power generation facilities. And something that is often associated with that remote living is satellite internet. And we've heard about it a little bit with SpaceX's satellite internet service, but not a lot of people actually know um, that satellite internet is actually available in South Africa. Like there are actually ways that you can go about installing satellite internet, which is feasible in various ways. For example, you know, you might be able to go camping somewhere, um, live in a remote area, off-grid with satellite internet. These are kind of the use cases for this technology. Maybe you're outside of an ADSL or fiber zone. Mm. Maybe you're outside of those zones and you're outside of an LTE zone. So you're paying mobile data prices and that's very expensive. Yeah. So that's where satellite internet comes in. But I couldn't believe how expensive it is. I was going to say now, it's probably costing an arm and a leg. It is. It is. But it's not too bad. Here are some satellite internet packages in South Africa that you can look at that are uncapped. For example, DSL Telecom Connect for a 5 megabyte download, 2 megabyte upload. This is, we're talking very slow. That's not fast. It's yeah. about 700 rand a month for 24 months. Yeah. Um, then if we're looking at some other speeds, More Click Unlimited offers uh, 10 megabytes download, 3 megabytes upload for 1,000 rand a month, which is a little bit better. It's, I mean, it's not bad. 1,000 rand a month is well priced. But what really is is the big the big factor for me is when you actually try and get satellite internet for something like a yacht. Like let's say you're going to go on a boat into international waters to go somewhere and you need internet. You would think that if the starting rate for internet at uh, at like five megabytes per second download is 700 rand, and the highest price for internet at like 50 megabytes download, five megabytes upload is 2,600 rand, you would think it's going to be around that price. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine that just recently went out um, boating from mm. yeah, docked straight out of uh, out of Cape Town, yeah, and went all the way up to to California and things like that. Wow! And uh, they got quoted from SpaceX how much it would cost? Yeah. two thousand dollars. Whoa! Which is like thirty-five thousand <laughs> rand a month. No man for internet. Highball, is it worth Hi-ball. it? But the thing that I struggle to understand is you're connecting to a satellite from ground. There's satellites are still in the air at sea, maybe not Yo, as many, but I couldn't imagine. Why would it like be so specialized? Thirty times sea? the price. Yeah, it's unreal. What's the difference between being in the ocean and being on land? Do you I, think the waves make it difficult for the signal or something? Maybe I don't know. I think for someone like SpaceX charging so much, Starlink should we say Starlink charging so much is because of the competitors. I think before. Starlink established its really powerful network of satellites, the competitors only had one or two in the air. So uh, Starlink entered the market basically at the price of their competitors. So I think that's where they make a lot of money is actually more so from um, uh, water territories of of ships moving through those territories Mm. than actual funds from the land. Yeah, you're right. Because there's a lot of vessels that would probably require some sort of internet service. If and you have a probably, private yacht, I'm sure you can expand it. All, all the private yachts, uh, yeah. You can afford it. All the private yachts, but even container yeah. shipping yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know, it needs to be connected to the network. I mean, you almost, mm. if you disconnect yourself from the internet, and that's what I thought was really cool about like our solar power technology and stuff like that. If you think about, it, I was sitting in my room mm. and it was during load shedding. And I said, wow, with one generator, I can power my computer and connect to the rest of the world. Can yeah. you just think about it like that? It's actually like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it it's, is. It's very, very cool. It is. One generator. One generator, one extension cable connect to the world. One man. One, one, one generator. Man. It sounds like a movie <laughs> movie trailer. <laughs> Intro cinematic. <laughs> I agree. But that's that's very interesting, right? Yes, very much so. And what are, what are we coming back with after the music break? Well, when we've got to tackle the elephant in the room, which is AI. There's just so Ooh, much happening with AI right now. I spoke right to now. somebody today about AI. Did you know people are actually falling in love with AI right now? I don't even want to. Yeah, there's That's this just... dude. He, he, the AI said all the right things and he actually fell in love with <laughs> said it. Said all the right things. Yeah, and the, and the, the AI was like, I'm not a real person. And it's like, no, I want to marry you. Where are you? Like, <laughs> So what? how would you marry the AI? What would you? How would you get it in physical form? Would you just take your computer box to the nearest church or how do you get married to AI? I think because that's what he want. He, he wants to do that now. So how first of all, work? I have no idea how you would marry AI, but I honestly don't think it's such an unrealistic thing to imagine in the next five years. 
people falling in love with machines. Actually marrying. I know that people love their cars, and there was even this guy who fell in love with this robot, and then there was that guy who fell in love with his blow-up doll, and they also had a marriage ceremony. It's fair. But falling in love with AI. I mean... Something that doesn't exist. Some people fall in love with, like, inanimate objects. At least this thing can have a conversation with you. It's like, let's look at the upsides. But is it moody? That's my question. I don't know. And can you switch it off when it starts yapping and moaning? I guess so, but I don't think it's a good relationship if you could just switch off the the other part of the conversation. Um, But when we come back from the break, we're going to take a look at a a stream, an always-on TV show that's made completely with AI. You can tune in any time and actually watch it it's the most disturbing thing ever to oh watch, my to be word. honest with you it's a hell of a strange but it You'll exists can't wait to hear about it and then we're going to talk about how slack slack the communication channels using um chat gbt which is very interesting and then we're going to come back with an apple update on a on one of their new phones in a color that i just i, I couldn't believe they they made this color for your iphone um, so when we get back we'll tell about it awesome now we're going to throw it back to i think was it the early 2000s or around 2010? Uh, there was this awesome song by MIA called Paper Planes. Let's listen to that.
Wow, when last, MIA Paper Planes. Kane, what did you just say about the production of this song? Oh, because of all those guns and stuff here in it. I was like, what happens when you make a, when, when you make a song while robbing a bank? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you just hear like cash registers and like gunshots and reloading. and Yeah. It's quite cool effects, I must say. They had a lot of fun producing it, I'm sure. Hopefully... They didn't actually fire the guns in studio. No, I hope they did. At least you had real fun doing it. You know, just not computer generated I think somebody was guns. just playing with uh, the effects bank. Playing on Call of Duty recording it. You know. um, so what we're taking a look at next, this is crazy because it shows how fast AI is moving. Now, first, you've got to take a step back. You've got to understand what AI is capable of in terms of image generation. When you're generating an image, you're usually putting in a sentence with some keywords and out comes a great image. Um, and it's usually not exactly what you asked for. And, and it's not as specific as you can really engineer. Let's say you were taking a two-second video clip. A two-second video clip is compi- compiled of frames. And the amount of frames is determined by that video clip's uh, property called frames per second. It means how many static images or, or just normal images are in one second. So it, most movies and TV shows and things that you'll watch at a cinema are done at 24 frames per second, mm-hmm. which meaning, means the video you're watching isn't actually a seamless video. It's 24 images every second that you're wow, seeing yeah. that makes up for it. Mm-hmm. That's why when some people co- talk about movies that are shot at 60 frames per second, you have 60 images in it and the whole video becomes smoother. So when you're creating media for AI, what you're actually doing is you're generating 24 images for one second. And because AI is very like uh, difficult to hone into exact, exact image contents, if you put 24 AI-generated images into a second and you watch it back, it's going to be all over the place. It's really not going to be a video at all. But what a Seinfeld spoof has done, which is a live stream on Twitch, which means it's playing 24-7, is they've used AI to create a script, they've used AI to create images, and they've used AI to turn all the images into a video. And as a byproduct of that, you have a 24-7 TV show playing on Twitch that's not repeating, it's growing every single minute, and you have this perpetual... 24-7 TV show that you can tune into at any time. What's happening on the show? Who's on it? It's, it looks like a show made in paint. Honestly, it looks like a show made in paint. It's very pixelated. There's like this weird audio. Sometimes it follows the script. Sometimes it doesn't. It's all, you got to go watch it. It's called Nothing Forever, the AI-generated Seinfeld spoof. Okay, and it's so like a sitcom. So the AI oof. is also... You know when you're watching a sitcom like Big Bang Theory and a, and a joke lands... And you got that audience laughing. Yeah. There's even that. And it's all AI generated. And it just shows you that in the future, honestly, in the future, with some progress in terms of quality, we could honestly see 24-7 TV shows. Imagine DSTV, but every channel was an ongoing show that never ended. And you could always tune into it. It's very possible. This is just a proof of concept. It shows you where it's going. I think it's very crazy. But... It's not like it just launched for the first time. It was actually streaming before. And obviously, because it being AI, it can go in crazy directions. Just like Bing's AI, the new AI for Bing search, um, limits you to how much conversation you can have with the AI, up to 10 back and forth conversations before it limits you. Because if it goes on for too long, it can go a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah, and then and you can, fall in love with it. You like fall in love with it, it yeah. falls in love with you, it gets angry oh, at you, it oh, starts swearing goodness. at you, telling you you're a liar. These are real things that AI Yo. has gone on to say hey. um, over the last few weeks. Oh, but yeah. nonetheless, because of some um, kind of transphobic content, the Seinfeld AI-generated TV show was terminated. And now they've gone and added in some new, call it guardrails, against it going off the beaten path like mm. that and now it's back again yeah, so you can go watch mm. it right now it's live but i thought wow what an what a what an what a proof of what the future looks like the other night i was playing with this uh ai thing as well on on the internet it gives you a free sample and then you can uh, you can type in any script and it will sing it for you you can pick a voice you can pick uh from a, a preset amount of of uh, melodies and it sings whatever you typed in there. It can be swear words, anything. Wow. And it, it, it actually, the pitch and everything is quite impressive. It doesn't sound like a, a robot. 
Wow. Singing it. But that you just get like a free demo and then you can buy it. <laughs> but uh, I didn't even write down the name because I must say something about it was a bit freaky to me. It is. It's very strange watching that type of content. Just how quickly it was generated as well. I didn't mm. wait for one minute. It is, it's hell of a strange. And uh, somebody also said this week if they can get, now with AI, if they get just a small sample of your voice, like they're doing with the artists, they clone it and they can make you say stuff. That you didn't say. Well, remember last year we, we covered a topic that yeah. spoke about Alexa. Yeah. That they actually built the a voice. feature that they didn't release that would allow mm. you to make Alexa's voice that of a, a passed away relative. Yeah, this is similar. They and just need a small sample of it. A 30 second voice note, basically. Yeah. Uh, not even name. probably. Apparently scammers can just call you and you say hello. They've got a sample of your voice. They call your grand, ask for money. And your grand pays the money. That's to unreal. Them. That's unreal. Talking about AI, you know what Slack is. Have you heard of Slack before? No, only Stack. No, Slack is stack a communication. Overflow. No, <laughs> Stack Overflow. Where am I? Uh, so Slack is like mm-hmm. a business communication channel, similar okay. to like Discord or Microsoft oh, okay. Teams or like a Reddit and WhatsApp mixed together maybe in a little That's bit of nice. a way. Okay, thanks for educating. It's like a business media. channel okay. where you can create separate Mm -hmm. categories of conversation for your Mm -hmm. business so if your business was uh, a sandwich shack you would be able to have a conversation about just ingredients and a conversation about takeaways and a conversation about uh, the campaigns that you're going to be running this month and you can break up the conversations but slack's new chat gbt bot will actually talk to your colleagues for you so someone might send you a message and the and the ai version of you will reply and it's all pre-configurable. So like Microsoft and Google, Slack's owner Salesforce is showing an AI chatbot into its workplace software to automatically write simple messages and summarize meetings. So those with access to the app can click the three dots icon in a thread and hit draft reply. Instead of typing out the response themselves, um, the AI will actually fill out some of that response and there's going to be other automation and things like that coming into it. But this is how you're going to see AI interacting with your life. It's going to be like smart responses to messages before you've even started typing them so you get a message from a colleague saying are you available tomorrow at whatever time to have a meeting and you're going to start the reply and already a pre-written draft is going to be there which might look at your other conversations that said you have a meeting at that time or speaking about a meeting at that time and it's going to smart pre-draft a message for you that you can edit a little bit before sending how would you feel about it would you use it I think, you know, AI is going to become a more, instead of artificial intelligence, it's going to be like a secretary of artificial intelligence. Mm, It's going mm. to do secretary-like things for you. It's going to be a PA. It's going to be able to see things that you might have forgotten about in previous conversations and remind you about them in a message that you're currently writing for a conversation. It's it's going to be helpful. It's probably (laughs) going to increase productivity. I still don't like the idea of these automated voice things. Automate, like for example, you know, I could go and, and train an AI for my voice. Then I could go and get an AI to write a script, and then I can go and have the the AI trained voice read out my script, and then I can upload it to YouTube. And now I have made a video on YouTube where I'm talking, but I never spoke, I never written a piece of my script before, and that's just a whole very strange landscape we can go watch a tv show that has no humans interacting with it it's all made by a computer based on things you might like it's a very weird in weird place to go into the future i don't know how i feel about it yet but i do know it's powerful and i do know as a productivity tool it's a it is really really powerful this week i don't know if you saw the video i sent you from tiktok also where uh, this mcdonald's robot is malfunctioning and it's supposed to bring the drinks to the table also obviously taking over a human's job and then this robot just malfunctions and just throws the drinks up in the, <laughs> in the middle of the restaurant all over the floor. <laughs> Something went wrong. But I mean, these robots, AI, it's not perfect, but it's just funny to see this robot for no reason whatsoever just throwing, just um, throwing it around. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Um, and then on another piece of news, Apple, they're releasing a yellow iPhone. Have you ever seen a yellow iPhone before? No, but it doesn't sound pretty, eh? No, and it looks kind of like a mustard yellow. 
like oh, a, a very no, mustardy, sound very classy, yellow. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's coming out. They just announced it. The yellow iPhone 14 series for the iPhone 14 Plus and all the all the additional bells and whistles. That's going to be there. Wow, that's fantastic. This is Tech Plus. If you just joined us, uh, hello and uh, welcome. It's uh, Eon Kane with you. We have about 30 minutes or so left of uh, today's show. And then we uh, come back. Or I mean, then we uh, wrap it up and uh, conclude this week's summary of the biggest tech news stories. Kane, what have you got for us when we come back? When we come back from the break, we're going to be taking a look at, uh, at Elon Musk and uh, what he thinks about uh, Twitter possibly becoming cash flow positive next quarter, which is impressive because they've gone into huge debt. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Spotify going big on video podcasts, which is something that I think might be exciting for, for our radio show. And then we're Oops. also going to be taking a look at Tesla, who is under investigation after Model Y steering wheels have been falling off. <laughs> I just I can't Sorry. even tell you. You saw that video I sent you of uh, the two old guys in the uh, self-driving car and how they were freaking out. Yeah. This one old man, he's just like, he's almost like a kid. Like he's excited, but he's nervous as well. And they can't understand. Like the one guy, even he's got his hands on the seat just to see, is there really nobody sitting here driving this car? And then he goes into an intersection and everything. Yeah. It's scary, that actually, That was a video man. you sent me of a, um, yeah. of, a, of a daughter of obviously an older guy and yes. his friend who brings That's them right. into a Tesla and shows them the self Yeah, but they're totally the overwhelmed. And he says, you know, he's not feeling safe and he puts on his safety belt. No, I found it quite funny because they get into this, what they think is an Uber, and they're like talking to the driver, and then they realize there's no driver. Ooh. You know? But can you imagine what that must be like for somebody born in the 1940s or even the 1950s? It must be crazy to watch. Yo, you know, just watching the evolution of cars, and here's a car that's driving itself. There's no physical driver in it. I think if you put an average South African into a self-driving car, they're going to be pretty nervous. And you? I would be 100% nervous. Would I, you sit in the back seat? Not, it's like, it's cool because it's self-driving, but it's also your life on the line. So, you know... It can make computers make mistakes. They can make decisions faster than you. They can yeah, also... But they also make mistakes and they can also crash and then they literally crash. Yeah, they can completely not see an obstacle in yeah. the road and fully confidently drive into it. Because I saw that car had like cameras and sensors all around it, but it doesn't mean anything. But we do know that the best minds are working on the self-driving technology. Well, they better improve it too because <laughs> it's, the way it's going right now, it's not sounding really good. Like you always say, the rules, they're written in blood eventually. You know, people have to die for them to, unfortunately, for them to make these things better. But the way it's going at the moment, with all the crap and the cars just combusting and burning for years and, well, and all that. <laughs> in South Africa, for example, I wonder how a Tesla would react to an intersection with robots, but there are none because it's load shedding. Like <laughs> or, how, or what if it's hijacked? Uh, what would it actually do? So, so, would it just... I don't know. Would it just give itself over or no i don't know maybe it will refuse to drive i don't know <laughs> or like have spikes coming out on the side and then just puncture just a pair of the handcuffs people. come on to the, across the steering wheel and just lock them in i don't know <laughs> yo uh, that's uh, you know they've got to make some modifications for a release in south africa because let's be honest things are a little bit different here let's go back to some music here's jordan sugar and summer high Forget to tell you how I feel Cause I'm shy, didn't want anybody to hear So I lied and I walked home alone Thinking about you, you Oh baby no, don't go
Jordan Sugar and Summer High. Uh, welcome back to uh, Tech Plus. Kane, you got something to tell me. So we're talking about self-driving cars, but I don't I don't think you're quite prepared for for what we're about to talk about next. So Ford, everybody knows Ford. Ford's just a par- applied for a patent with the United States Patent Office, which has some pretty gnarly technology in in terms of self-driving automation all through the internet connected things. So when you go and get a car, right, on, on some sort of repayment system where you pay every single month to own the car, for Ford's technology, what this patent will allow them to do and what this technology will allow them to do is change your experience while driving the car if you start missing your payments. <gasps> so listen to this, right? So let's say you missed your payment, you're a week late to your payment. You're just going to get like a very inconspicuous SMS that will just say, you know, please, when you get a chance, just make your payment, right? Uh-huh. If you if you start running late on that payment, right, it will start doing some things to your car. Now what? So the first thing it will do, it will start deactivating air conditioning, right? Fair enough. So no more air that's conditioning a luxury, or radio. Yeah. That's a luxury. Yeah, yeah. luxury. So it will turn off air conditioning and radio. <laughs> then, let's say you don't make your payment still. So, uh-huh. say, okay, cool. It will start playing a very annoying beep. Every time you drive the car, it's going to be beeping. It's going to be some sort of sound inter irritating thing that happens. So you can't you can't use your aircon, you can't use your radio, and now you've got a beep happening in your car. But if that's not enough to make it's you getting pay, worse. if that's not enough to make you pay, it's going to lock you out of your car on weekends. <laughs> so you can drive your car to work and back during the week. Which, so you can make money to pay. Which <laughs> weekends, no jawling. Eh? No relaxation for you on the weekend. You're staying at home. You can't turn your car you and you serious? can't get into your car. Are you serious? But the the final straw if that doesn't make no. you pay your payment no your car will drive itself <laughs> back to the car lot <laughs> or to the scrapyard <laughs> to be repossessed it'll drive itself <laughs> so you miss your payment you look out your window at 6am you see your car reversing out your driveway <laughs> last time you're gonna see it it's heading to the trash heap it's gonna it's gonna go scrap itself that's unbelievable <laughs> I was can, like, what? I can't believe this. It, it sounds like a joke. Oh, yo, my, my eyes are actually tearing. <laughs> That's hilarious because I'm very visual, so I actually see this happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> see it taking away the aircon, and then eventually it takes itself back to the dealership. <laughs> it this is back. brilliant, actually, hey? But Unreal. I mean, uh, so that saves a lot of people doing repos because, you know, repos get really uh, violent <laughs> if we've seen on reality TV. What happens when your car repossesses itself while you're still in the car? <laughs> the there you go. But I thought, like, I actually thought that, you know, it would just disable the steering wheel or maybe the wheels would come off eventually <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. So it thank you that was SMS, brilliant turns your radio off turns your aircon off then Fair plays enough, an yeah. annoying beep blocks you out of the car on the weekends and then eventually just drives itself <laughs> probably to the property of someone else who would now be paying the car for the special rate but I think you had fair warning eh, eventually and then maybe when AI sure. comes in you can actually have a conversation with your car and plead with it yeah, please do not like bear with me. Are we going to make this payments is together? We got some Ubering to do, and we will pay this thing off. Imagine a couple having a conversation. Honey, where's the car? No, we didn't pay, so it drove itself back to the dealership this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and if you pay, it'll deal. drive back. Yeah, yeah this, this is brilliant. Wow, so thank you. That was the technology. That's done deal now. That's brilliant. So you should see that in Fords. Um, and then next up is, is I think quite an interesting achievement so Relativity Space which is an organization has been preparing for its first launch of a 3D printed rocket for a few years now and yesterday it was just minutes away according to Relativity at 110 feet tall and 7.5 feet wide 
Terran 1 is the largest 3D printed object to attempt orbital flight. So we're basically talking about 3D printing a 110 foot rocket. What? I mean, it's huge. And uh, when it was um, after an automated abort with 70 seconds left on the countdown in its first attempt, the team at first said it would recycle and attempt the launch again, but now says the mission has been scrubbed for the day and should continue sometime over the next few days. So you might uh, you might see news about the first ever 3D printed rocket achieving orbital flight, which I think is very exciting. They also went out to say, today's launch attempt for hashtag GLHF Turan 1 was scrubbed due to exceeding launch commit criteria limits for propellant terminal conditions on stage two. The team is working diligently towards our next launch window in the coming days. Check back here soon for updates on the launch window for our next attempt. So not a success, but at least it wasn't as bad as UK's attempt to get a rocket into space, which just ended up crashing into the ocean. Um, So they didn't get to that flight part. But I was also thinking about it, you know, a 3D printed rocket. I've watched small 3d printed objects being made before it is a time timeless takes process very long, yeah. takes long it takes like flipping five to 12 hours to 3d print your object mm. so to 3d print a 110 foot rocket <laughs> you do not simply <laughs> launch it into space and hope for the best um how and long would that take it would take months eh? Ma- they've been preparing for the for years for this moment yeah. so obviously when they saw things weren't going right in the preliminary checks they're like no like we'll try it again and then they looked at it and they're like no we will reschedule it. So we didn't see it's it unreal. go in. It's unreal. We were almost at a break, a, a breaking news um, topic. Then let's take a look at Elon Musk, right? So he thinks Twitter has a shot at being cash flow positive next quarter. He gave a high-level update on the state of the company's financial health during an interview at a conference hosted by Morgan Stanley. Twitter is currently expecting to make $3 billion in revenue this year and is spending $1.5 billion annually in addition to the $1.5 billion in debt payments um, it owes. According to Musk, for comparison, Twitter was on track to report about $5 billion in revenue for 2022, before Musk bought it. Its costs were $2.8 billion during the first half of the year, which implies that he has slashed spend by more than 70%. Musk claimed Twitter now has 250 million daily users and 500 million monthly users, though it's unclear how those metrics are calculated. Well, that's quite, quite good, right? He's cut costs down. He's projecting quite high revenue. But I think at the end of the day, although the costs are down, Twitter doesn't have like a main area where you can send questions to and communicate to. They have no communications department anymore. They're missing vital pieces of the company mm. that used to be there yeah. that make it very hard to channel queries through, ask mm. questions, mm. communicate with the company, for the company to communicate with the creators. It's all yeah. a little bit discombobulated. Mm. So although costs are low, you know, you're running with like a piece of Swiss cheese <clears throat> and uh, missing vital pieces of yeah. of the puzzle. But that's how Musk does, you know, break it down to nothing, build it up from scratch. Mm. That's mm. how you make a company in your own image that you feel confident in in throwing more apparently, cash at, which apparently is, so, which is yeah. what's going to have to happen and then some talk about vcs and ai so we've heard about the ai breakthroughs and things like that but that doesn't necessarily mean the whole world is just tunneling money into ai we've seen microsoft dump a billion dollars last year and another 10 billion dollars this year into ai but some vcs are skeptical of the ai hype after getting burnt on crypto because that's how crypto got so popular it was very hypish very fomo fear of missing out and uh, people got in ill prepared and end up getting burnt and the reason that they were given to go in was the fear of missing out don't miss out this is the next big thing we can't tell you why but it's going to be the next big thing so um, they're really asking but how will it make money how will ai make money they ask about an objectively useful technology two years after pouring cash into crypto a technology that appeared to create money but nothing useful one investor said that because of the huge amount of capital and computing resources required recent leaps in generative ai were comparable to landing on the moon a massively impressive technical achievement only replicable by those with nation state level wealth Uh, Companies are extremely overvalued and the only justifiable investment thesis is to get in incredibly early, said another veteran investor. Otherwise, you're only buying in because of FOMO. So there's some skepticism, which is true. How does it really make money? Because it can do things, but it can't quite do things at a human replacement level just yet. But we, I think we can both agree there's going to be a lot of 
advances in AI, whether directly or indirectly. We've already done the protein synthesis where we've synthesized every single protein known to man through AI. I think those kind of developments, what could be the potential uh, benefits of certain types of chemical treatments for certain types of diseases and being able to run that through AI-generated simulations and things like that is going to be where I think we see the most uh, the most progress. But another thing regarding Spotify. So mm. Spotify is not only taking a big leap on, um, on their podcasting, which they're now kind of moving into video podcasting areas, but they've also changed their entire user interface their whole user experience is now changing spotify basically wants to be more than a music player and we all know it as a music player yeah it's like you have so Apple they're adding music. video as well they're adding video but it's also turning um into a much more than just a bunch of album covers because that's how you used to navigate yeah so spotify is redesigning the core home screen of its app trying to make it easier for users to find new stuff to listen to and watch the new design goes heavy on imagery and vertical scrolling turning your home screen from a set of album covers into a feed that much more closely resembles something like tiktok and instagram as you scroll, Spotify is also hoping to make it easier to discover new things across the Spotify ecosystem. The new look, which Spotify just announced as its, uh, at its Stream On event, is clear evidence of the kind of company and product Spotify wants to be. Over the last few years, it has invested heavily into podcasts, audiobooks, live audio and more, all in an attempt to be more than just a music app. The company also wants to be a home for creators. Spotify CEO Daniel Ek told The Verge in 2021 that he hoped to have more than 50 million audio creators on the platform. Spotify has also just uh, has also pushed for years to make video podcasts happen, and it's now basically taking off. So, if you go to if you're an avid user of Spotify, I'd be interested to hear. You know, what is your what is your thoughts on on this new TikTok? <clears throat> Instagram like feed of hey, discovery I don't know, right? and vertical scrolling and is it really necessary well I think there is some cool things about it like for example you can scroll you know on Spotify at least the way I use it you have different playlists and you go into those playlists and you yeah. listen at your but it's all you need needs. you don't need more than album covers but I think in, in a feed like environment I really like one of the ideas which is that you can go browsing through your, your feed and live podcasts will appear that you can immediately semi jump into you can just push the play button get an idea okay. for what's playing and either go on to the next thing or go into it and actually go in a deep dive and watch it properly and also discovering music like that and, and stuff I think is an interesting idea I don't really have a music discovery process other than just hearing something new on a playlist that I haven't heard before so the idea of potentially browsing a TikTok like feed for really good music and hopefully finding that music and finding music that's really interesting to me based on what I like is actually quite a good idea for me. I think it would really entertain the and and incentivize the whole let's find a new song to listen to and how well can we find and how often do we find a song that we like? Do we have to go through 100 songs to find one or do we go through 10 and like nine? If it's the latter, I back it all the time. Like who doesn't want to find a new banger of a song to mm, put mm. on their playlist? So it's all about what it does for the end user. But it's interesting to see the direction they're taking. Mm. We see everywhere, even Reddit is bringing in a feed similar to um, TikTok as well, where you have a video feed of information and a text feed of information. So video is is really a big thing at the moment. Yeah. And I think social media is taking a big kick or, or at least trying to make a big splash. All the social media platforms, especially at the start now of 2023, we see Reddit bringing in properties of TikTok and Instagram. We see Instagram bringing in properties of TikTok. We see, we see Spotify trying to be Instagram and TikTok. You see all these different companies trying to take a piece out of the other. Facebook, also another announcement, is they're bringing the messenger back into the Facebook app. I don't know if you remember when it used to be you, you do all your Facebook messages inside of Facebook. You don't have a separate app for it called Facebook Messenger. Mm. There used to be a time where you could go onto the website, Facebook oh. website, and chat and do all your conversations yes. amongst all your other stuff. Yeah. So they're bringing that back in. Why? Because things like TikTok have the messaging built into the platform. It's so interesting how the one is copying the other. It's, like they're trying to be like, the one's trying to be like the other one, but who are they actually following? Who's the lead example? Who's because it leader? sounds like yeah. TikTok. TikTok is. It sounds like it. And speaking of TikTok, shame. Um, it looks like they're very likely to be banned in the USA. Really? Because I saw one guy who is from the USA. He said he's uploading his last video now. And if people want to still follow him uh, with TikTok being banned soon, 
then he gave them the Instagram uh, handle, the mm. name. It is very likely. So the Congress just rolled out the new bill allowing nationwide TikTok ban. So the Restrict, all caps, Act would empower the Secretary of Commerce to ban apps that pose a risk to US national security. TikTok isn't directly mentioned, but this is this is basically a protocol for them to remove applications from the App Store of American citizens in the event that they feel national security is at risk. They feel that TikTok is spying. They do. On what exactly? I don't know. I mean, there are. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I I don't even know if it's a it's a function. But TikTok does has some weird stuff. Like I've been watching a live stream, a TikTok live stream, and I close the app and it's still playing. Yeah. It doesn't close. And I yeah. don't know if it's like an a it video minimizes. And it just plays in the background yeah. so you can hear it like an audio. I don't know. But there's definitely reason to believe that there could be some kind of spying. I mean, if mm. if there are 100 million Americans that have TikTok installed, that's quite a gauge of the day-to-day user activity. And also you can connect the dots somewhat to what apps are installed in these users' devices. And maybe they've turned location on and allowed TikTok access so they yep. can see where people are moving. And I think for those reasons, I think less what is TikTok, more how many people use TikTok that they see as as a national security. And one of the things that they said in this bill is they hope to potentially spot these things earlier. Because once it manifests across your entire population, now it becomes, now you've got to go and ban it. Mm. And there's going to be community uproar. There's people making money off of this thing. Yeah. You know? Who do you think, in your opinion, is going to benefit the most if TikTok is banned in 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 America? American who would be companies? Facebook, Instagram, who, Twitter. Would that be the, yeah. the best alternative? Would be uh, Instagram, hey? I don't think best alternative. Only alternative. Like if you're making yeah. money on TikTok, you better hope that you can recoup some of that time and effort. So you TikTok, put in is, ach, uh, Instagram is the only alternative, basically. Yeah. Unless they start a new one, which will eventually get banned anyway. But a lot, of, from America. a lot of these creators are on a lot of different platforms. So yeah, you're yeah, kind of yeah. closing one channel among many. Yeah. But I still mm. don't like the idea of banning apps, especially apps that share information and can share information so well that you could, quote unquote, see a UFO site. And it's a threat to national security. Yeah. Then it must be huge. Right? Yeah. And TikTok also mm. is the first mm. app that I've seen, at least under the surface, that I can justifiably say is built to also hook creators. And I'll explain that for a minute. So TikTok is only as good as how many people are watching content. And mm. people only want to watch content if new content is coming. Yeah. So TikTok's priority is actually to make people make more content. So they do things. And there's creators that talk about it where you might post 20 videos. And of those 20 videos, you get an average number of likes across all of them. Mm. And then for one video, it starts growing. Maybe you traditionally get 2,000 views a video, and now Mm. you're getting 20,000, 30,000 views on this particular video in two days. Day three, no more views. Views completely stop. Why? Because on a psychological level, the creator has now created something that they feel has become viral. Yeah. And then that virality almost stops dead in its tracks, which creates an inverse emotion. And, f- and makes the creator want to create something again so that it can con- can go more viral. Yes, I didn't even know they're playing these mind games. I didn't either. And when I heard about it, I was like, that actually, actually kind of cool. makes sense. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's where someone like TikTok it's is not really actually fair, dangerous. Is it? No, not on the creators. No. No, to, to subliminally Because that next them. video is, is destined to be a failure then. Yeah. The one after the viral one. But I've heard that TikTok's, like their staff, they have... I'm not sure how true it is, but I, I've read it a few times that TikTok staff have a, like a button. I don't know if it's a virtual button or whatever. And then when they see something they like and really think is good, they push that button and it gives them a boost. It gives that creator a boost in the algorithm. And then that person usually goes viral. No, I was listening to a creator and he seems affirmative in his, in his, in his um, theory that TikTok has milestones for creators. So it might be your 15th video, your 25th video. Mm. It might be as you hit 10,000 followers or 50,000 or 100,000 followers. They'll actually boost all of your content to amplify that 10,000 follower, 100,000 follower, mm. 25th video or 30th video, or whatever those, those thresholds are, it will boost your following. But then there's also another category of creators, people like celebrities and influencers that are really, really big that TikTok kind of just has a green light on. 
They just all every video all by is pushed to be viral. Successful, yeah. yeah. Every single video is mm. bound to be shared with everyone, yeah. regardless of how many likes it gets. Yeah, and you kind of see the unfair landscape. It is very unfair. Mm. I said to somebody as well today. Just when I thought I cracked the Facebook algorithm, it changed again. <laughs> every day it changes. You can never tell. If something you post on Facebook nowadays as a page, whether it's going to be successful. I'm talking, it is so extreme right now that you sometimes get one to two likes on that post, even though you have thousands viewing it. Yeah. That's not fair. No, it's not. So what motivation is left for for that person to carry on posting? If only one or two people like it or share it out of say 10,000 yeah what what's the motivation to carry on well tiktok's going to motivate you by giving you a little piece of it a little piece of that yeah but facebook what what's the motivation i don't know facebook Facebook says facebook recently just this week made an announcement that they have like 200 million active daily users but then there are also creators that complain that even when they post to instagram it's automatically posting to facebook and they didn't consent to it or activate it. They actually have to disable it natively. But by default, it's enabled. And uh, that kind of, sh- you wonder how many people are getting content to Facebook because they're going to Facebook. Because I don't use Facebook that much. And I didn't know 200 million active daily users are using. That's a lot. It's saturated. That's a lot. But I'm just wondering, it's not really fair posting something as a business page or whatever, showing it to people who actually like your page or follow your page and they want to see your your, your posts and information. And now you show it to like 1% of them. Yeah. You know, that's not fair. What they want is money to yeah. boost it. And even then you can't reach all your followers. No, and you reach So it's frustrating. There's no way to crack this Facebook algorithm. All they want, and and that's all over the world right now, is greed. All they want is money. They want to push their ad networks. Just like TikTok's priority is to get more creators, to create more content. Because if there's more content, there's more for people to watch. And if there's more for people to watch, they watch longer. And as long as they're watching longer and driven to watch longer, you throw ads in the middle of that. And you make money from an ad network. Speaking of money, e-fuel. Quickly before we end today, we can talk about e-fuel for a second. So e-fuel is an alternative fuel for your vehicle that you would put in your vehicle as a alternative to something like petrol. And uh, Porsche showed off a new pilot plant in the in Pentagonia, Chile, last month um, that uh, um, that allows them to make e-fuel, a synthetic alternative to conventional gasoline made from air and water using electricity. So with air and water and electricity, they create e-fuel. And uh, the plant is a joint part project with ExxonMobil and other energy companies and is a symbol of hope in the fight against climate change for a more sustainable future. This is what uh, Porsche released in a press release on the 14th of February. And uh, what's quite interesting about this is it works out to be about five times more expensive than traditional fuel. And as well as that it also has it consumes more electricity than an ev consumes to travel the same distance so why would we use it well that's where it's getting interesting because with an e-fuel if you have a combustion engine vehicle and you want to be more climate efficient you have to buy a new electric vehicle but if you have a normal combustion vehicle and you switch the fuel you can become more carbon efficient. Even though it's five times more expensive, I really hope those prices go down, but you can, it's basically a modular solution for people to become a little bit more sustainable by just changing the fuel that they use and changing it from petrol to e-fuel. And that was one of the arguments from um, the E Germany when they were at the EU trying to ban combustion vehicles, right? They wanted to do that and they argued that e-fuel could be the alternative to that. And on that note, um, we might see e-fuel better used in aviation. That's where it's actually going to be used because you can't have an electrically powered plane. Batteries are too heavy. So that's where we'll see e-fuel. And on that note, it's time to end. Yeah, Kane, thank you so much. Very interesting note to end off with. That's it for Tech Plus for this week. Catch us again next week. Same time, same place. Thanks, Kane. Have a good weekend. You too. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening and see you next week. 